Welcome to the Women in Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. I have my friends Sarah Cox and Jen Gray together with me again. Um, Sarah, can you tell me a little bit about your family and where you went or what you did the last time you took a family vacation? Sure. Hi, Stephanie. Um, I am Sarah Cox. I've been married to my husband, Matt, for 18 years. We have four kids, two, bur- two girls and two boys, ranging in ages from 7 up to 14. And the last place we went on vacation was Montana. We go every year to Montana, and this summer was no different. We have a wonderful time just in the, hiking in the mountains and oh, wakeboarding on the lake, and super fun up there. Beautiful. Wow, I love that it. sounds great. What about you, Jen? Well, thanks for having me. Um, My husband, Shannon, and I have been married for 17 years, and I have three kids. I have a 14-year-old boy, a 13-year-old girl, yes, they're close in age, Mm -hmm. and a nine-year-old girl. Uh, Our last family vacation, kind of like Sarah, we go there a lot, so it kind of is our only family vacation. We Mm -hmm. do it twice a year. Um, We are a surfing family, and my husband and son are obsessed with it. Oh, fun. Uh, So yeah, we go to North Shore and stay there. And since we homeschool, we kind of go there for an extended time and just do life. Wow. It's good, yeah. Well, I bet they love that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Well, we've been talking about parenting. We're spending five sessions on the topic. We're at the fourth of five sessions. And this time we want to look very briefly at parenting junior high and high schoolers. Uh, Both Sarah and Jen have junior high and high schoolers, so they're right in the midst of doing this. Um, And I'm sure that they've seen that we're, uh, in theory, going to be correcting a little bit less and directing even more. Mm -hmm. Uh, The verse we referenced earlier was Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we're equating the discipline with correction and the instruction with direction. So we're thinking for junior high and high schoolers, we're going to direct them to love God and love others. Uh, That's what we're all called to do as Christians. And I think before we talk about, you know, some specifics regarding directing them to love God and love others, we want to spend a minute or two talking about the potential for discouragement in the process. And let me just ask you too, have you ever felt discouraged in your parenting before? (laughs) Well, yeah, we chuckle. Yes. (laughs) Uh, For sure. For sure. I think like anything else, we are super invested in this and it's, really important to both of us. Mm -hmm. I think I can speak for Sarah on that point too, Mm -hmm. that um, God has given us a charge to obey him in this and to be faithful and to stick it out. And it can be hard. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be hard, especially in these years because things change so much in these years. And we're used to our kids just maybe writing notes of love and admiration mm-hmm. and yes. snuggling up with us and stuff. And they, they just, they go through these years and it's, it's just a lot harder. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not on the same page with them, or maybe they're withdrawing a little and it can be hard emotionally. It could be hard to try to figure out which issues do you camp on, which do you not. It's just going to be discouraging and, and hard too. But at the same time, it's like, this is our job God's given us. And, you know, it's just a season of trying to figure it out as we go along through much prayer and talking to other moms, you yeah. know? 
Yeah. yeah. And I think we feel like we are pretty much staying the same. I mean, they're still our children. They're still our babies. We see them as babies. I still look at my kids sometimes and see they're big and hitting puberty and all of these things are changing, but they're still like my baby. Mm-hmm. So, but they kind of start to see the world a little differently. Yeah. Right. So it is, there's a little bit of sadness mixed in that, but it's also a good thing. Mm-hmm. This is natural and it's like, we can see it as good, exciting changes. Yeah. Know, the beginning of the launch. Yeah. Well, if there is a mom out there who's maybe been listening and she's been trying to, you know, do a better job parenting or her and her husband both, uh, have you ever seen maybe where you feel like you're really going to commit to doing a better job and it feels like things might even get worse? Yeah, I think sometimes they get worse before they get better. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, you're, you're implementing, you're changing because you're mm-hmm. realizing something's getting out of line or something's different and you need to hone in on certain areas. So you're kind of tightening the ropes in certain mm-hmm. ways and they're not liking that. So right. then you feel like, ah, they're, they like things the way they were. They're not wanting mom to clamp down in different areas, mom and dad to, to make some changes. And so that gets a little, it's harder before it gets easier. You know, yeah. they, they you have to kind of push through that. Yeah. yeah, and I think especially if there are areas that we realize as moms, I mean, we should be evaluating our parenting pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So like for me, especially the beginning of the year, I go over like my journal or my notes and some of my like parenting notes from the year before. And I look and try to see areas that maybe I have lagged a little or been lax or have missed because of circumstances or whatever. And so I want to tighten in on those specific things. And I think the kids can be like, what? Yeah. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, you know, a right. month ago, this wasn't even a big deal. Right. And now all of a sudden yeah. it is. And I think that's important as you're learning and growing as a parent to be able to even say to your kids, hey, I didn't realize that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe this that we were doing or this that that we weren't doing uh, was not consistent with God's design for totally. me yeah. or our family or you. And so we need to make some changes here. Right. And, you know, we have the right to do that. We totally. should be able to do that to, yeah. you know, grow and grow together as a family in that area. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree. I think that's helpful too, to share with them. Yeah. Well, you know, talking about uh, just the practical direction, um, I know one of the things that's important as we direct them is that we're not going to be correcting everything. So we're not going to be taking quite as much responsibility for everything that they do. And that means that we're going to give them a little more liberty to fail right. and to experience the national natural consequences for you know the times that they mess things up is that hard to transition into that to let them fail and not want to control every area of their life oh I'm terrible at this, to be really (laughs) honest. And I think part of it is because I see my kids somewhat as an extension of myself. Right. Everyone's looking. I'm looking at that. And it's like everything they do right or wrong must be tied to something I've done right or wrong. Right. Right. And we know that just isn't the case. Right. right? They need to make these mistakes. I know even recently um, my two older kids, the teens, um, have been forgetting assignments or forgetting supplies for Mm -hmm. school. And although we homeschool, they do take classes and they're gone two days. Mm -hmm. And I have found myself driving things to them. Oh yeah. 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 And in the process, it's like, I know what am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this, but they really need it. Yeah. They didn't eat a big breakfast and they left their, (laughs) you know, it's stuff that I know I probably shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. And that's been flagged in my mind. Yeah. Just even the last like eight weeks or so. Right. I think it's hard. Yeah, I think that's a good one. And that's a place where you could say, you know, hey, I've been driving these things to you, but I'm really being convicted by God's spirit. I can't do this anymore. So the next time you forget, you're going to get a no. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. And give <laughs> them a heads up. So it's yeah. like, maybe yeah. there's a little more, you know. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll probably, you know, take a chance and see if you really mean what you say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think there's just that huge transition you have to make in these years from that constant correcting to yeah. that directing. And it's hard. We've set habits for ourselves, you know, and so right. they're changing out of it, but it's really hard for us to shift gears, yeah. I think, sometimes and become that come alongside instead of come at them, you right. know, and that is a hard transition to make. And there's a lot more, a lot less correcting in certain ways, but at the same time, no, we have to stick to the things we're sticking yes, to. So absolutely. We're figuring out as we go and it's a, it's just a sticky road. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say we're definitely still correcting, but not as much on the, you know, um, painful consequences yeah. continually, hopefully yes. by this stage, it's yeah. more positive input conversation, you know, pointing them to what they should be doing. Uh, I know one area we need to do that is just within our family. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there are things within our family that we need to be instructing them on. Uh, I know one thing that is a big area for families now that wasn't quite as bad when I was raising my kids, but is the whole thing with computers and cell phones uh, and technology. Right. Uh, you know, uh, what what input do you have for the moms that are out there regarding, you know, the use of computers or phones and limits on those things? Right. I think first off, we need to like say out loud that this is new, mm -hmm. like even for you with your kids being yeah. older and we have to make the effort to discuss with, you know, maybe if not mentors, but like same age mentors mm -hmm. that can kind of come alongside and give us some practical tips. Like this is an important area and it's sort of new. Yeah. We have to figure it out. And I think even though we are shifting gears and doing a lot more directing, <clears throat> I think it's also important to realize that this is still they're still under our home in this area. And this is an area that they don't have free domain. Mm -hmm. They are yeah. still, we are mm -hmm. still gonna set Firm guidelines, yeah. you know, those firm guidelines need to be in place for their good, yeah. for their protection. Mm -hmm. um, it's very tempting for these kids to just withdraw mm -hmm. and go into their room and kind of shut themselves off from family and just pull back. And the cell phone is a great place for them to do that, you know, yeah. but yet setting those family boundaries of what our family's comfortable with, what we want to do. Is the cell phone going to be allowed in the room? Where, right. where can it be put otherwise so that you're still with us as part of the family and not just renting a room <laughs> upstairs, you yeah. know? Good yeah. point. I remember thinking, oh, our kids will never have computers in their rooms like mm -hmm. they're because mm -hmm. it needs to be in a public place. Right. And then it kind of struck me recently going, oh, but they have mini computers in their pockets yes. and they go in their phones all the time, in their mm -hmm. rooms all the time with their phones in mm -hmm. their pockets. Right. right. So maybe having a basket where yeah. you would put cell phones. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I've heard that that works for some families is, you know, having a basket out in the front room and even at certain times of day, all the, you know, kids' cell phones go into the basket and then they pick them up at a certain time in the morning. And I think, you know, every kid's going to be different too. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think, you know, if you see a child is retreating with the phone a lot, then, you know, you say you're going to have less time on the phone or less accessibility yeah. to your phone. So, totally. Yeah, it's something I think that's important to think through as a family and not just let it slide or just right. do what everyone else is doing, but, totally. you know, being, you know, there to instruct and direct and to help them to master this tool rather than letting it master them. Absolutely. Exactly. I love presenting it that way. It's exactly how we should look at it. And it's not theirs too. That's the other thing, you know, mm -hmm. it is not their thing. It's almost like that, yeah. you know, my ring, my precious ring, you yeah, know, from totally. Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. where it's almost like it, it, it's, it's not theirs. And we have to just let them, let them know that it's, yeah. it's always ours until you leave our house. It's ours. And so we're yeah. the, we're the boss of this phone and yeah. 
what that looks like. It's our phone you get to use. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I always had my kids' passwords when they had anything, whether it was social media or whatever. And, you know, not like I went on there often, but there was always the ability to go on there if I needed to. So that's helpful. Yeah. And letting our kids know that we read their text Mm -hmm. and we will be reading their texts. Right. It's not, it's not private. They're not private. Nothing's private in the internet anyhow. So it's for their good, you know? Yeah. Have you guys found any good um, sources that, you know, maybe help with monitoring what images or what kind of data comes into the phone or uh, gives you any information on how much time they're spending on the phone or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I know that even we've tried different things in the past, but our current favorite is just the new um, update that they're doing on the phone. Mm. I think my husband subscribed to some sort of a Mm pre-update, so it'll be coming out soon. But the pre-update lets us totally monitor their phone, turn off. You can set texting for whom, for so many minutes. You can allow the people that they text and they don't text. You can even monitor that. You can shut down so many different websites and you can only can have it be all shut down and only allow the ones that you allow and they have to ask permission. There's just so many things within the new iPhone right. that you can yeah. use that to monitor their yeah. phone. Yeah, I think Disney Circle is one that's similar. Our mm. tech guy, we have the same guy come and fix all of our broken screens all the time. <laughs> um, and so I always ask him, mm-hmm. what do you do with your kids? Yeah. And he said Disney Circle all the way. Oh, and wow. this was like a year ago, huh. so probably there will be yeah. new things coming out. But. Well, that's good to know, though. I, yep. I'm sure you know there are probably even a lot of moms out there that aren't even involved in this area with the technology and with the phones and just realizing that it's good to be involved. It's part oh, of yeah. the instruction yeah. and totally. you know, not allowing them to have that free reign. Uh, what about when it comes to church? Um, do you feel like, you know, they should be able to go to church when they want to? Do you feel like if you make them go to church, then they're going to hate church? I mean, you know, what are you thinking about that? Oh, I've heard people say things like that, but church must be a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Yeah. You know, and I think too, the more they pull back and the more we let that happen, the worse it gets. I've right. seen that starting right. in yeah. fifth and sixth grade, the kid doesn't want to come and it's hard for them. They're not making friends. And if we let that happen, they're not going to all of a sudden want to go in junior high when it gets harder and, you know, in high school, same thing. So it's just, we right. just have to set the standard from the get-go. Church is something we do. Youth group is something you go to. You're part of this family and and we just, we'd be willing to work through it with them, mm-hmm. trying to help oh, them yeah. in different ways for sure. But just setting the standard. This is this is a non-negotiable in our home. Just yeah. like, and what about when you hear, you know, everyone's rude, they're hypocritical, they're different at school than they are at church, they're fake, they're phonies. Uh, you know, how do you respond to that kind of stuff? Maybe not from your kids, but even from kids their age. Right. I think I would say that um, it's just one more thing to talk through and teach through. It's like, mm-hmm. well, those people are going to answer to God themselves for right. their own conscience. But as far as you are concerned, you know, you have to live life in the fear of the Lord, right. you know, regardless yeah. of what everyone at school is doing, regardless of how people at church are going to treat you. And it's hard. I totally get it. It can be totally hard. It can be hard to be the one who's, you know, feeling left out. But sometimes feeling left out is a good thing because it can cause them to want to reach out to other people. And at church, it's not as much about going and going where we feel comfortable, but reaching out to those people who don't have any, aren't talking to anyone mm-hmm. and just kind of helping right. them see through that as hard so as it is. So kind of just letting them know our family's going to go to church. You're right. a part of this family, you will go to church. What about those that uh, their kids negotiate so that they get out of the youth programs and can go into the adult service or they don't have to engage with the youth programs at all? What would you say oh. about that? I think that... It, 
I mean, I don't want to use such a strong word as unwise, but to me, I want my kids to um, check in with other kids, mm-hmm. their age, their right. you know demographic in our church family, and they're not going to build relationships if they're not there. Right. So I know my kids are on the more quiet side. They're not going to be the extroverts that are the you know party the center of the party, but, um, they have to go. Yeah. And the more they miss, it's harder because now they're trying to reinsert and mm-hmm. any downtime, you know, they're just feeling self-conscious cause they weren't there. I think it can just breed more right. of that not wanting to go. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So it ends up having a reverse effect, a negative effect rather than a good effect. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason, as you said, is, you know, it's the social, it's the friends, it's fellowship, it's the being part of that church community. Uh, I'm sure that friends for junior high and high schoolers are going to have a big impact. Do you think that it's legitimate for us or right for us to say who they can and can't hang out with? Right. I think friends are so hugely important to them. They start pulling away from mom and dad as much and investing so much in these people. And these people have so much power over them, you know, yeah. the potential for so much good or so much harm in these friendships. And so we have to absolutely, while they're still under a home, be very careful about who we are, who their close friends are and really teaching them about this subject more than anything else. I mean, Proverbs and Psalms are full of this. You know, he who walks with the wise grows wise. Companion of fool suffers harm, you know? And um, it's it's essential, essential. Yeah, and you will get pushback most likely because they are their friends, right? For many different reasons. And they may say, we don't understand, um, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if there's a friendship that is not good for them, that's not healthy, that's not encouraging them or building them up, Yeah. um, yeah, just can't be. Yeah, yes. And I definitely had to put that into practice a couple times uh, through my parenting mm-hmm. with three adult kids now. But there were a few times that my husband and I had to say this friendship is no longer going to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yep. we care very much about both parties, but this is not God honoring. It's not a good choice. Right. Yeah. What about um, dating? I think mm-hmm. neither of your kids are dating yet, correct? Correct. Yeah. But I'm sure you've talked to your husbands about dating and what dating might look like. Uh, what What are you anticipating when it comes to dating? We talk with knocking knees. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's totally. coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've changed a little bit how I've thought over the years. Um, but I, I see a lot of value now in letting them really just try it out while they're under your home. Mm-hmm. You, I don't want them... I mean, it sounds so much worse for them to start learning to do this when they are... 20 and outside my home. I would so much rather them be in my home where I can correct and direct this situation. And so, you know, I, I almost think it's really, it's, it's good for them. Mm -hmm. I I want this to happen while they're still living at home so we can set the parameters where we, we want them to be. Yeah. I've heard it called coaching. I mean, it's like, while Mm -hmm. we are still able to coach them through it and discuss it when we still have some influence over them, right? it's probably wise, although it's hard. I know it's hard as a mom. Yes. Now, what would you encourage them or who would you encourage them to look for in someone that they're going to be dating? What have you told them to, you know, pay attention to or to be attracted to? Uh, You know, the world would say whoever's 
hottest, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm sure you guys have said something a little different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, think to go back to the church thing, um, it's I would like them to date someone that goes to church. Yeah. Like someone that goes to our church would be yeah. great too, because then chances are our families know each other. Yeah. There's an opportunity for those over them to be supervising them at church as well and coming mm-hmm. alongside and coaching them. Right. Um, you know, small group leaders or ministry leaders, mm-hmm. and they're going to say the same things that we're saying. Right. Right. I mean, the goal of dating, what's the goal of dating? You know, getting to know the people for sure. Ultimately, looking for people who you want to marry, you know, Mm -hmm. and what does God say? What does God's word say about who you're going to marry? What kind of person you should marry? And just really having those conversations all the time. There's lots of good books out there about that too, but um, just teach them what to look for in guys or in girls. Hopefully we can model that in our homes, but... um, teaching them what does God's word say? You can't, if you're calling yourself a Christian, you, what's, what would be the wisdom in dating anyone who's a Christian? God's word says, no, you can't be yoked together with unbelievers. So right. just setting the, those parameters and other parameters of what the, what would they look like in a husband? What are you looking for in a, in a spouse? You know, mm-hmm. and what are good qualities that God says are good qualities? Yeah. You know? I think even sticking to our same topic is, do they love God? Do they love others? Mm-hmm. It's super important yep. to me that it's somebody who loves people, mm-hmm. like that they, and and that includes like submitting to authority, mm-hmm. right? That they encourage others to do the right thing. They yeah. don't draw people into doing wrong things. Mm-hmm. So that would be... Absolutely. Great. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, encouraging them to find people who love God, who work hard and yeah. love and respect other people. Totally. Even looking at the way they interface with their families. Totally. Yes. 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 And their parents. Yeah. Right. That's important as well. And then finally, I think um, the community is also important. When we think of community, sometimes we can just think of our neighborhood. Uh, how do you direct your kids to have a good reputation in the neighborhood? Um, I think that starts too a long time, just getting them to see. It's been going on for years. You just get them to see the people who need help. And a lot of that comes from us modeling. We have to know our neighbors. We have to know their needs. We have to be out there talking to them too so we can know who lives there, who lives in which house and what are they like and helping our kids, even whether it's just talking to them and encouraging our kids to make conversation and be friendly and look the people in the eyes and talk to them and, mm-hmm. um, or even it's a babysit for them or pet sit for them or anything, yeah. just getting to know neighbors and learning to serve them. So yeah. Yeah, I know we have really had a lot of opportunity with this because we live in a small neighborhood mm-hmm. and we've lived there forever since wow. before we had kids. And so mm-hmm. all of these neighborhood kids, many of them have grown up together. So our big push too, let's say for example, our kids need to show respect mm-hmm. to others. Mm-hmm. So our son skateboards in the street a lot and then the other neighbor boys skateboard as well and they pull out ramps and they're blocking traffic. So we had to talk, uh, you know, kind of over and over at first about what do you do when a car pulls up? Mm. You don't make them stop. You run Mm -hmm. out of the way. You gather your stuff. Mm -hmm. And that is like body language that shows them, I don't want you to have to wait for me. Mm -hmm. So there are small things like that in how they can treat neighbors. Yeah, totally. And then like you said, always saying, well, let's go and take, you know, this woman, she's a widow and she's elderly. I think every week we should take her trash cans out. Mm, that's and great. Our kids now have like taken this on and mm-hmm. we don't always do, you know, car washes for money. Yeah. You know, we just wash someone's car because 
they're kind or they're next door or they're busy or whatever for any mm-hmm. reason just to serve them. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think we are out of time. Okay. We've fast. been able to just barely scratch the surface <laughs> yeah. on directing, instructing, teaching your junior high and high schooler to love, fear God, and to love and serve others. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about parenting, or should I say being a parent of adults. So thanks so much for listening. Please don't forget to subscribe, share, like, comment, even email us at wf at compasschurch.org with any questions or topic suggestions. And thank you guys both so much. I look forward to meeting with everyone next time. 